Good to see you all this morning. I trust you're having a good morning. Uh, the Lord's good, isn't he? Uh, it's been a long year, but the Lord hasn't changed. It's good to know. All right, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 4. Uh, once again, we're going to pick up right where we left off yesterday, or yesterday, last week, I suppose it is. Uh, Colossians chapter 4, and in the same verse there in verse 17, but uh, we looked at a few things last week and we made note of uh, what ministry is not. We're talking about your ministry, and, and so we talked about what ministry is not, and we kind of uh, gave you a reminder about ministry isn't just for the pastor. Uh, ministry isn't just for the people that we consider full-time Christian workers, uh, we all have a ministry, um, and I, I encourage you again to find the ministry if you don't know what it is, uh, but the Lord has a ministry for you, a specific ministry, and we, can, we, we have talked kind of generally about the, uh, the ministry of the gospel, right? We're all ambassadors, um, and, and that's true, and we ought to be uh, serving in that capacity, uh, but there's a place for you to serve here at Liberty, and I encourage you to find that place. And uh, the health of a church oftentimes can be, uh, you can kind of get a little insight into the health of the church on the number of people that are serving. Um, and I believe our church is pretty healthy. It's real healthy. That doesn't mean we're at 100%. Everybody's, everybody's doing uh, something because there are folks. And, but I don't think we're necessarily at the place where they say that, you know, 20% of the work is done by 80% of the people, and then 80% of the work is done by 20%, right? You're picking up the, the lopsidedness of that. I don't think our church is, is in that case. We have many folks that serve here. And, and so, but I encourage you, if, if you're not serving, find it. And uh, there's a place for you. And, and we noted that uh, we ought to take heed to the ministry. We ought to give attention to it. Um, it's not something that we just neglect, um, and I was meditating on that even on the way to church this morning. And I, I, I was reminded of the verse in Hebrews that there are some things that we need to take the more earnest heed. Because if we don't, we can let those things slip. And so, but be taking heed to the ministry. And then we saw uh, that the ministry that we do have is from the Lord. It's not something that we just drum up ourselves and we, we decide we're going to do this. And, and we need to find out what God has for us to do. And then this morning, we're going to look at... Um, fulfilling our ministry. And so if you would, turn your attention to Colossians chapter 4 and verse 17. It says this, uh, And say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. So we're going to talk about fulfilling that ministry this morning. And, and honestly, I just want to be an encouragement to you this morning. Uh, it, for many, has been a discouraging year. Uh, a challenging year. Whether it was the pandemic related or not, there have been a, there's been a lot of things that have gone on in our nation this year uh, that can just be discouraging. And um, so I just want to encourage you a little bit uh, to fulfill your ministry uh, this morning. And so let's have a word of prayer and we'll look and see what the Lord has for us this morning. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, we thank you, uh, Lord, for the opportunity to gather together today. Lord, I know oftentimes we take that for granted. And Lord, we pray that you would protect that freedom for us, that we could continue to gather together as a free people here in our nation. 
Help us to make the most of it. And Lord, that we would continue to do our part and to serve. And Father, now this morning, I pray that you would take your word and that you do only what you can. Lord, we ask that it would go forth with power. Lord, that it would have free course and that you would use it in spite of the, the speaker. And Father, that you do a work in each and every heart this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So here we are in, in Colossians 4.16. This, this will be the last time we're here in Colossians. Uh, pray for me. I got some ideas of where to go from here, but I'm not certainly not sure where, what direction we're going to go. And so as we look ahead to the coming weeks, just pray uh, that the Lord would have his uh, will done in that. But to fulfill your ministry, if you think about it, anybody ever got an inheritance? I never have. So my family's broke. My grandparents were broke. My parents were broke. Um, I never received an inheritance. But there's a couple different types of inheritances you can get. You know, somebody can leave you $1,000 and, and just let you do whatever you want with it. Just as you please, you can kind of decide. And, and, uh, but oftentimes those pesky grandparents... Uh, or, or maybe someone else will leave you a little money in a trust, right? And there's some certain uh, things that need to be accomplished or some requirements that need to be met in order for you to receive that. And uh, I would say that's similar to how we get this ministry from the Lord. Uh, it's not something that we just get and we just willy-nilly do whatever we want with it. Uh, God has established some some standards for ministry. God has established some uh, some ways to execute ministry, right? And and I don't want to. I'm not. That's not the focus of, of today's lesson. I'm not going to break down ministry and how you ought to minister and, and and the X's and O's of that. But but the reality is there are some things in the Word of God that dictate how we ought to be stewards of the ministry and how we ought to uh, be a part of the ministry. And uh, listen, the ultimate thing. On that note, I want you to understand is you're accountable ultimately to the Lord in how you minister. And so if it's a ministry that God has given to you, uh, you need to execute it in the way that God has designed and as he leads you to do that. Um, And I think there are people who have gone afoul. Um, But I charge you this morning to fulfill your ministry. And we talked a little about taking heed to your ministry uh, that you received of the Lord, and, and so that you can fulfill it, you take heed in order to fulfill. And I came across this term, uh, the Hina, uh, in order that, it, some people refer to it as the Hina clause, and so the idea of taking heed is so that, or in order that, you may fulfill it. And so you give attention to this thing, you give attention to the Word of God, and, and you give attention to uh, how God desires you to fulfill this ministry, in order to fulfill it. And I think many folks, um, we talked about Demas a little bit in the last couple weeks, have run afoul and they neglected to fulfill the ministry because they didn't take heed. They weren't doing it as God intended. Uh, They got distracted, if you will. They weren't doing it according to uh, the way God had set up and established it to be done. And and, uh, the ministry here, this in, in this verse, it's an exhortation. Uh, and, and it's not really a reproof, it's not an admonishment, uh, but it's something to take note of, the connection, to take heed. As you take heed to the ministry the Lord has given you, you may fulfill it. And I, I want to tell you this morning, fulfilling your ministry is a serious matter. Uh, it's a very serious matter. It's not something 
uh, that we can just retire from. Uh, and I know people that have retired from the ministry. I don't think that's what God's intention is. Now, that doesn't mean the ministry stays the same as from day one to the end. Uh, that's not what it means. But uh, as you take heed to this thing and you fulfill your ministry, there's no retirement. Uh, God calls a man or a woman to serve for life. Um, and that might evolve or, or change over the years, but uh, it might take different forms. There might be different circumstances involved in that uh, with different levels of time commitment at different times because uh, ministry is different for everyone. Uh, pastor's ministry is different than all of ours uh, because of his position and, and his calling that God has on his life. And so uh, it's a little bit different. Uh, but we ought not to see the ministry as something we get to tap out of when we've uh, stockpiled enough money, right? So we, we, we're at retirement. We can live comfortably in retirement. Um, or when we get weary of the work. That's not the intent of the ministry that, that I'm talking about. And, and some people that, you know, when they get older, they get up in years and, and maybe they can't continue at the same capacity and, and, and they do retire from a full-time position, but their ministry continues on. And I believe you could ask any one of the, the older saints in our church here this morning that that is true in their lives, uh, that they don't just give up and quit. Um, but it needs to be something that we continue to do uh, in faithfulness to the Lord until he calls us home. Just continuing to minister, just continuing uh, to serve and to labor. And we talked about that being for the furtherance of the gospel the last couple of weeks. That's what it's all about. And so maybe if somebody was in a full-time ministry at some point and, and God pulled them into a, a different position or into a different direction, that doesn't mean they're not in the ministry. It just takes on a different form. They still ought to be serving and laboring in the ministry until the Lord calls them home or until he returns. Uh, I think this is interesting because uh, we talked about our ministry being small and little known. And uh, anyone familiar with Spurgeon's, Spurgeon's conversion story? Um, that was a tongue twister for me. Uh, but Spurgeon, as a young 15-year-old man, was, uh, he had been wrestling with his salvation and, and with, with God was really convicting him. Um, and so there was a, a Sunday morning and there was a snowstorm and he was going to, uh, he was making his way to the normal church that he attended, uh, but he had, due to the storm, had been sidetracked uh, and he wasn't able to get to where he was intending to go. And so he slipped into this Methodist church um, and there was a layman preacher because of the snowstorm, the pastor wasn't able to be there and there was just a layman there. And that layman's text was this, Isaiah 45, 22. Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. And this man with little to no preparation and, and it says that he's un, ineloquent, uh, really had nothing to say, but he kept repeating this verse over and over, just, just kind of reading the verse over and over and repeating the verse and, and Spurgeon was in the back there and and uh, his conversion is probably one of the greatest stories that we, that we could hear when we talk about ministry uh, and just a layman that, that just labors in the church. And this layman is lost to church history. Nobody knows who he is that preached this, this message. 
and really that just kept repeating Isaiah 45, 22 to Spurgeon. And, and we don't know anything about him. Uh, we don't know his name. All we know is that he was uh, his untrained, ineloquent way called on the 15-year-old Spurgeon to look to Jesus. Uh, and Spurgeon, of course, we know he did. And, uh, and so listen this morning, if you measure uh, that sermon uh, because of its results uh, in the conversion of probably one of the greatest Christians that ever lived in modern history, at least. Uh, the name of the preacher is lost. He's anonymous permanently. He is a man whom we know so little, yet from whom we have benefited so much. I mean, many people have benefited from Spurgeon's writings and, and those things. And, and so this morning, I share that story with you just to remind you that uh, sometimes ministry seems insignificant. But you have no idea the young person, the old person, the individual that's sitting in that, that environment, that classroom, or, or whatever the case may be. And, and listen, just your faithfulness to be there. That layman was just faithful. Uh, he wasn't well prepared. He didn't have a lot of fancy things to say. But he had the word of God. And he shared the word of God. And that's what pricked Spurgeon's heart. And, and, and the account goes on and he, and he kind of looks back in, in, at Spurgeon and says, look to Jesus. And, and so, uh, listen this morning, if you forsake your ministry... If you, fulfill, or if you fail to fulfill your ministry, you will leave a void that no one else can fill. What if that man decided not to show up to church that day? And there was a soul ripe, ready to harvest. And there would have been nobody. No doubt he felt uh, uncomfortable. Last minute, preacher's not able to be here. Somebody's got to do it. And so he gets up there, and he's just faithful to serve, faithful to labor. Uh, and, and listen, thank God he knew at least one verse. Uh, listen this morning, your ministry is critical. You never know the opportunities that you will miss if you don't fulfill it. If you fail, if you, if you uh, lay out one week, if you, if, you, if you give it a rest once in a while, you're going to leave a void that no one else can fill. Uh, who knows what great things God can accomplish through you if you remain faithful to the end? Nobody knows who that man is, where he is. Well, he's probably dead, but, um, but nobody knows anything about his history. But he got a reward. And we're going to talk a little bit about that here in a few moments. But listen, nobody else can do what you can do, what God has intended for you to do. There isn't another individual in this room that can accomplish what God has for you. Uh, but listen, we don't often see what God's doing. You know, that man that got up to preach that day, he probably had no idea what was going to take place. But God was working behind the scenes. Uh, God is always working behind the scenes. Uh, we must trust that he is working through us behind the scenes. Stay faithful and fulfill, fulfill your ministry. Just, just keep at it. Don't quit. 
And so with that thought in mind, I want some, I'm going to give you some final words to encourage us to finish this morning. And so you can go to Galatians chapter 6, well-known passage here. And uh, uh, <clears throat> it's been a challenging year. Uh, only know, the Lord knows what 21 holds. Right? I mean, it is, as challenging as it's been, as, as, as maybe at times disappointing and frustrating and, and difficult. And, and uh, <clears throat> I, I, I mean, when you look back at, at last New Year and, and you think of all those things, those resolutions that you were going to set, and, and now here it is in uh, late December, the next year's on the horizon, were you successful in those things? And I trust you're closer to the Lord than you were. Uh, last year, and, and uh, I know that if you've made the effort to draw near to him, he's, he's, he's going to draw near to you. But um, we don't know what 21 holds. It could be worse. Uh, it could be a lot worse. And, uh, and I'm not saying that to, to try to discourage you or, or be the guy that's the negative Nancy in the room or what's a negative Nick? I don't, I'm not a female, so. Um, but uh, I want to leave you with some final thoughts as we finish up Colossians here, uh, as we think about fulfilling our ministry. And I want to remind you of some things in Galatians. If you look at verse 6 and 7 in chapter 6 of Galatians, it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the, his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So God has established the law of sowing and reaping. You know, if you were to go out and, and plant some corn, you're not going to expect a pumpkin to come up. Yeah. Um, and, and we understand that. We, we know that, it, I mean, many of you probably plant a garden. Um, Cindy and I do not. Hopefully soon we will. Um, but, uh, you know, you go out there and you're, you, you go buy some seeds uh, because you're expecting a specific harvest based on those seeds. But somehow, oftentimes, in the spiritual sense, we don't recognize it to be the same. Sometimes we think we can uh, work in an area, uh, as the Word of God calls, and we can sow to the flesh, but oftentimes we expect a different type of harvest than what we get. And, uh, but God has established this law and listen, it says he won't be mocked. Don't deceive yourself. Uh, be not deceived. God's not going to be mocked. God's not going to be made a fool in this matter. Uh, he's established some laws and, and some things, uh, some, some, the, the order of things and how they're going to work. And so, uh, don't expect something different in where you invest. We can put it that way. Um, so as you look at the coming new year and we have another opportunity to invest our time and, and our energy and our efforts and all these things and, and what are you going to invest in? Where are you going to sow your seed, if you will? And uh, <clears throat> don't be deceived. And so this is a warning to those of us who uh, at times allow ourselves to be sidetracked by the temporal things in this world. Well, we often do that. Uh, it is possible uh, this is where Demas erred. I mean, we know that he uh, loved the things of this world, but, uh, uh, you know, that he had erred from, from the ministry. Uh, 
uh, we can get our attention off the eternal and get impatient with the results of the harvest. You ever been impatient with harvest? I know I have. And uh, sometimes we get focused on the increase. God, I've been doing my part. I, you said you're going to bring the increase. I'm expecting that. We need to be careful. Uh, we need to be very careful that we don't put a timeline on what God's doing. And, and uh, our nature wants quick Burger King results. We want to have it our way, and we want it now. Uh, I remember as a young person, they, the, our youth pastor uh, preached the message about Burger King Christianity. And, and we need to be careful that we don't have the motto of Burger King and we want it our way. Because what happens is we get frustrated when it doesn't, we get that burger and I didn't ask for ketchup. You know, you've seen some people get crazy over, you know, the drive through right? Throw that hamburger back right into the window. You know, you see people do that over some Something silly as a cheeseburger, right? But it happens. And, and listen, we're prone to do that as Christians, uh, spiritually speaking. If we're not careful, we begin looking at uh, what we think ought to be harvest time. And we're expecting God to do certain things. And we can get disgruntled. We can get upset about those things. Um, we must never forget what a man sows that he, shall, he will reap. Uh, we have the option to sow the seed to the flesh. And we can reap corruption or ruin or decay or, or those things that are temporal. Or we can sow spiritual seed. We can invest ourselves into the eternal things. The spiritual harvest may not always manifest itself here in this world. That's where it gets discouraging sometimes. We don't always see it today. Uh, but rest assured it will come. God will not be mocked. And so I want to encourage you this morning... Just trust God. Be faithful. Uh, ministry does get challenging. It does get wearisome. Uh, but don't be weary in well-doing. Second Corinthians 5.10 says this, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone will receive the gift, or excuse me, receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Uh, the harvest may be delayed, or it may appear to be delayed. But this is strictly a carnal response. It's our flesh, oftentimes, expecting some results or expecting some outcome. Uh, but God will see to it. Uh, it might be delayed. In, in uh, Galatians 6, 9, it goes on to say this. It says, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And, and Matthew Henry said this. It's kind of lengthy, but I, I thought it was better than anything I could say. And so I want to share this with you this morning. Matthew Henry says this of Galatians 6.9. Here is a further, ca further caution given us not to be weary in well-doing. As we should not excuse ourselves from any part of our duty, so neither should we grow weary in it. There is... In all of us, too great a proneness to this. We are very apt to flag and tire in duty, yea, to fall off from it. Particularly that part of it to which the apostle has here a special regard. That of doing good to others. This, therefore, he would have us carefully to watch and guard against. And he gives this very good, re and he gives, uh, this very good reason for it, because in due season... 
we shall reap if we faint not. Where he assures us that there is a recompense of reward in reserve for all who sincerely employ themselves in well-doing. That this reward will certainly be bestowed on us in the proper season. If not in this world, yet undoubtedly in the next. But then that it is upon supposition that we faint not in the way of our duty if we grow weary of it and withdraw from it. We should not only miss of this reward, but lose the comfort and advantage of what we have already done. But if we hold on and hold out in well-doing, though our reward may be delayed, yet it will surely come, and it will be so great as to make us an abundant recompense for all our pains and constancy. Sometimes it gets wearisome. Sometimes... uh, It's not happening like we want it to happen. Sometimes it drags out. And and we get caught up in the busyness of it all. Um, I'll never forget, there was a a period of time in my Christian life where, um, and these days are actually pretty similar with Brother Longon, but um, uh, I'll tell you what, it's just like, it's just the grind. You're going to work every day and, and, you, and you, listen, sometimes walking with God becomes a challenge. Boy, you're tired in the morning. I'll read my Bible tonight, and then tonight it's like, oh boy, I could get to bed and, and be rested for the next day, right? And so you just feel like this grind is going. Uh, but I'll tell you what, if you stick at it, and you continue to sow, and you continue to labor, and you continue to uh, just work at it, God will bring that increase. God will bring the harvest. Uh, He won't be mocked. And so if we believe God, we must not tire and quit. Can it get tiring at times? Absolutely. Can it seem very laborious at times? Sure. But we can't quit. I'm going to read a few verses here to remind you of some few things, just to be an encouragement as we close out this year. and, And listen, we don't know what's ahead. But I want to encourage you, don't quit. Be faithful. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 and 58. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But we have the victory. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And look what it says here again. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It's not in vain. Just keep laboring, be steadfast, unmovable, keep at it. James chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Boy, that can be hard, right? Patience. Uh, it, it's, it, it's kind of an interesting, it's kind of ironic, I guess you could say, patience in a race. Um, reminds me of PT in the Air Force. I've always tried to beat my subordinates in PT. The older I get, the harder it is. I don't think I'm still there. I don't think I'm there anymore. But for the longest time, even as, as a young master sergeant, I, was, I would never let them, them beat me. In the last three years, I've really let my body physically go. But, um, uh, but I would always, I didn't always start out in, in front, but I always would finish before them. Those young guys, 
they get out there and they, they start strong. They get winded. Boy, it gets hard. And, and they slow down and you catch them walking. I'm like, well, you're 20 years old. What are you walking for, right? So, but right, but this old fella, just like the turtle, you know, you just keep a pace. And I will, I've always, I don't know what it is, just physically, I could always finish strong. I, I don't know what it is. There's something, that last half a mile, I could really gut it out, I guess you'd say. But, um, and so the idea of running a race with patience. Uh, get all in, but remember, you don't know where the end is. It, it's interesting. It, it, the Christian life in this verse is, is likened to a race. In most races I've participated in, there was a, a start line and a known finish. That's not the case in the Christian life. And so in, in a physical race, you can prepare. It's a mile and a half, it's three miles, 5K, whatever the case may be. And, and you can train and you can plan. And, and I were, was training uh, for a few years for triathlons. I still have the bike hanging in my garage, but... I'm going to get at it again here soon, but, um, but I'll never forget. They called it a brick, and I didn't understand that. And so um, <clears throat> reading all this stuff, and, and my, I have an uncle. He's an Ironman. He finished an Ironman and a couple times, and so he was kind of like, I could do that. He's in his 50s, you know, and it's a lot more hard than you think. And so um, it's 140 miles total, I think. But So a brick is when you would cycle, because it's swim, bike, run, right? And so uh, swimming, I wasn't always able to do, whether it was a pool or whatever the case may be, but you could always cycle and then run. And so they would call it a brick when you were in training and you would do some cycling and then run. And I'd try it sometime. Go for a nice, long 20 or 30 mile bike ride and then try to run five or six miles. Your legs feel like bricks. Uh, and, and I'll never forget, I, we were in uh, Japan, we were in Okinawa, and, and I had done that. I, I can't remember how long of a bike ride. And, and uh, I got home, and I took my cycling shoes off, and I put some running shoes on, and I started running. And I got about a half a mile from the house, and my legs, like, seized up, cramped. Like, I was on the side of the road, and there was briars. It was miserable, and I, I just couldn't move. Uh, but listen, so... In a physical race, you can prepare and plan. You can go through that in training in order to be successful on the race course. Uh, in our Christian life, we're not given the benefit of knowing when the end is. Our life is a vapor. The end of our race could be tomorrow. Are you ready? Have you been training for the end of your race? Uh, the end of your race could be in 20, 30 years when you die or when the Lord returns. Uh, and what I want to remind you is uh, be patient in the race. Be active and be busy about ministry, but be patient because patience is what's going to get you to the end. Whether the end is tomorrow or the end is 10 years from now or longer. And so back to the verse, patience, let us run the race that is set before us. And look what it says, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. And look what, what drove him, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied 
and faint in your own minds. Jesus was looking toward the finish as well. Uh, there's nothing wrong with wanting a reward. Nothing wrong. Listen, I want to be the Iron Man champion, you know, but the reality is I'm not working hard enough to do that. So we, we kind of have to understand that. And so, listen, when you think about the end of your life, and when you stand before, like we looked in Corinthians there, in chapter 15, and you stand before the Lord, and you're going to give an account, are you conducting yourself in your ministry in such a way that you're going to be unashamed of standing before your Savior? Or are you going to have some regrets and some disappointment? Uh, I think we're all going to shed tears anyway, to, for a little while anyway, but you know that because we've all failed. But listen, this morning, uh, it's coming. We're going to be rewarded for what we're doing. Uh, the Lord looked forward for the, to that day as well. James, in chapter 5 and verse 7, says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. Look at what verse 8 says. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. It's, our reward's coming. And it's certain. God will not be mocked. And so when we look at the challenges of the year that we face and the challenges uh, that we may face, we don't have to worry. We don't have to get discouraged. We don't have to get wearied because we know that God will reward us beyond our imagination. Uh, and, and is it discouraging? Sure, it can be if you're looking at it from a fleshly perspective. But when you look at it from the lens of a spiritual perspective, we got nothing to lose. We can wear ourselves out in the ministry and it'd be worth every second of it. There was a farmer. Pastor went to him, and not our pastor, this is an illustration, but uh, there was a farmer, and the pastor went to him and said, hey, if you had $200, would you give $100 to the, to the Lord's work? Oh, absolutely, pastor, I'd do that. If you had two cows, would you give a cow? Oh, absolutely, pastor, I'd do that. If you had two pigs, would you give one of the pigs? Ah, easy there, pastor. You know I have two pigs. Listen, what are you willing to sacrifice for the work of the Lord? What are you willing to commit to the things of God? Are we holding ourselves in reserve? Listen, thus limiting the outcome, the reaping, because we've held back. I just want to encourage you this morning. If you're not serving, get serving. And if you are serving, keep serving. Just be faithful. Uh, and I'm going to leave you with this final verse. Uh, we know that the road gets long and the work often gets hard, but God will not be mocked. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. We must continue to labor because we know that the Lord will one day reward us for our labors. Listen to me this morning. Don't quit. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for uh, this passage, Lord, and what you've done in my heart. And I pray, Lord, that you just 
Lord, do a work in our church's heart. Lord, I pray that we would just be faithful. Lord, that we would be established in the faith, Lord, unmovable. And Lord, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless now as we look to the next service. We ask for your Holy Spirit filling and your blessing. I pray, Lord, that you'd speak to hearts. Lord, we pray that if anybody doesn't know Christ, Lord, that will be here this morning, that they would see their need of Christ and turn to him for salvation. And Father, we just ask that you would, Lord, protect our church, guard us, watch over us, help us to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen.